0: Mental health ailments is a serious issue that affects people all around the world. It's one of those issues that we talk about, um, one of those issues that many folks are aware of. But I would venture to say that it's still not talked about and emphasized enough. As we have an upcoming election, I don't know if I've heard any candidates talk about it. Although this is not a political issue, it is an issue that affects all of us in societies around the world. Today on the show, we're going to have a special guest to come and talk about some of the ways that he and folks that work with him in his program are addressing this serious issue of mental health. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Let's Chew the Gum. I'm your host, Dr. K. Each time you tune in to Let's Chew the Gum, you can be sure of one thing. We always have something for your mind. Now. To Let's Chew the Gum, the podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z while we chew the gum. As always, I'm your host, Dr. K. Today, I'm excited and I'm humbled to uh, bring to you a topic that is of great importance to myself and I know to a lot of my listeners worldwide. Um, today, we're going to be discussing the issue of mental health, and particularly, we're going to talk about mental health with our young males and, and adult male populations. I'm so honored to have as my guest today, Mr. Herzan Sesena. He is the program manager for mental health at Making Hope Happen in San Bernardino, California. Welcome to the show, Herzan.
1: Thank you, Doc. I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm looking forward to the to this conversation and the spreading the good news and the good word about mental health.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It is definitely something that... Um, is near and dear to my heart having had uh, members of my family uh, battle with issues of mental health. And, and I, I think, you know, I, I could say for myself, especially during the pandemic and maybe other times in my life, having bouts with mental health. And, you know, I'm, I don't want to say proud to, to mention that, but I'm not shy to mention that because, you know, as we'll talk about later, one of the things that we do need to do is speak about it more. And we we need to hear it also, I think, uh, hear about it more from prominent members in our community, members in in the media and what have you. So um, this is this is great. Uh, You know, before we talk about all the great things that you're doing there um, in the mental health program and making hope, making hope happen. I want to talk about uh, just mental health in general, in particular, uh, perhaps, you know, the challenges of mental health. Um, some people have a, a misconception about it, but I wanted to start off with again talking about some of the challenges that we face as individuals and as a society and some of the implications that mental health may have on that and so'm I'm, I'm sure as a as a program manager there for mental health you you've experienced a lot and and you've seen a lot obviously researched a lot so what what are the challenges from your perspective? Um, in our communities as it pertains to mental health? Mm-hmm. Well, one of
1: the main challenges that we see is uh, people saying, I'm not crazy. All right. When we're trying to talk about mental health and trying to talk about it, uh, being honest, uh, people's a lot of people's first thought is I'm not crazy and, and we need to get past that. That's the biggest challenge that we have as a society is being able to see that mental health is not some sort of, you know, bad thing that we have going on it's a part of our overall health and if we're able to get past that we're able to see that mental health is just a part of our life and that it's something that we should work on uh, things would be so much more easier and and it's because of that challenge that a lot of people end up developing these very very difficult um, diagnosis because they're too afraid or too stigmatized to even get help to begin with or just talk to someone about it. And so that's that's the main challenge that I see um, and that we talk about in our classes, uh, because everyone at some point in their life has had a mental health struggle, whether they acknowledge it or not, whether it's anxiety, depression, loss, or any sort of trauma, everyone's gone through something. And if, if we can just accept it, it, it can go a long way.
0: Absolutely. I like how you phrase it. You know, everyone is, has gone through something because, you know, when we talk about everyone going through something, then that sounds normal. Right. And so then we can mm-hmm. normalize it. And I, and I think you brought up another great point about, you know, the stigma. Again, you, you say mental health and automatically a lot of folks will think, you know, crazy or I'm not crazy. Um, I, I was watching one of the videos on your website. Uh, the YouTube video where the young lady was talking about that specifically, uh, just the stigma. Um, um, I think she was speaking about uh, criminals or the antagonists or, or villains. I think she said, and uh, films that we see and they are often associated with some type of mental health issue. And so then, you know, and obviously that stigma in society, you know, people associate mental health with crazy, but as you said, you know, it could just be loss. You know, I, I know years ago I lost a, a family member and I definitely went through something. I had issues with mental health. It, and so being able to talk about it in a normal way, um, normalizing it so that everyone knows that it's, it, they, they aren't alone, I think is a, a great first step. And and we're definitely going to talk about those classes that you, that you spoke of. You know, I, I know that in my profession as an educator, When I'm seeing folks go through mental health, um, often I'm seeing the the after effects, you know, the the implications of that and how that translates into maybe a a student is not uh, focused enough to be able to uh, complete schoolwork. Just as a matter of fact, just today, there was a, a situation where a student and I were talking and. You know, he was just was revealing that, man, I'm just going through so much. I apologize. And, and, and I gave him a lot of credit for just being able to speak about that. Because, yeah. again, you know, especially as, as males, you know, we have this idea that we have to handle it. We have to have it all together. But he was frank and said, you know, I'm, I'm going through a lot. You know, I'm, I'm almost homeless. And, you know, my, my dogs got out today and, and, you know, this, that or the other. And, and so, you know, I just kind of encouraged him to let him know that, you know, it's okay, and I really appreciate that. So the implications of mental health definitely have, you know, adverse effects on us and in a society and and our families. and And I would venture to to go forward and say the economy. Um, and I, I'd like to kind of hear from you. And I know we we you know we're not going to reveal specific individuals or, or or names or whatnot. But what are some of the ways that you've seen mental health affect our communities in adverse ways?
1: Well, we see it in a a lot of different ways, definitely. Um, uh, You know, we see it on on the streets, whether there's people talking to themselves. We see it, um, like you mentioned, in classes. Uh, That's one of the ways where we've seen a lot is, uh, like you mentioned, the young man that came to you to talk about it. Um, it, it affects a lot of people in their studies, and I think that's that's one of the big ones when we're talking about our community, because, you know, the students are everything. Um, just recently, we had a professor at uh, Loma Linda uh, University. Um, he, you know, he, he teaches about, you know, actual health, like uh, medical health, and, and so he wanted to learn about mental health, and he took one of our classes, and two weeks after he came, he came to me and he said, Hey, I was able to apply the things that you said, the things that we talked about. And, and, you know, he told us that he, he had a student that just wasn't performing was showing up late and, you know, this grade started suffering and and it clicked to him. You know what? This could be a mental health challenge. And he talked to the student and the student opened up and they ended up getting the student into therapy. And that, you know, that had a huge impact on that student's life for the professor to be able to notice that change and be able to help is, is huge. And that's, that's something that, like you said, is happening in our schools. You know, like you said, teachers, um, a lot of times, unfortunately have to, have to be the ones that notice those things, you know, just another thing for a teacher to worry about another thing on their plate. Right. But a lot of times the teachers are the ones that should be noticing because of how much time they spend with them. Right. With the students. Um, and then that's the biggest way that I think it's it's impacting our communities through students, because every person has been a student at one point.
0: Uh, absolutely. And and I'm glad that that, you know, we we kind of brought the idea up of, of students and in, 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 in education, because, you know, those students, whether no matter what level they are, they grow up to be, you know, members of society in terms of, and, and I'm speaking of males, uh, fathers, mm-hmm. uncles, cousins, and and those types of mental uh, health conditions that they can experience definitely affect the family. So we can, we can talk about, you know, how does it affect the viability of a, of a family? You know, when, when you have a father going through something and, and he hasn't, you know, acquired the tools to be able to um, remedy uh, what he's going through or or doesn't have the outreach or, or the resources to be able to deal with that? You know, does it lead to, you know, conditions of unhappy homes, whether that's violence in the family or, you know, divorce or, or worse? Um, if we can you know, talk about, you know, how does it affect single males in, in the workforce, you know, in, in terms of them being able to be uh, efficient workers in the workplace? You know, how does that equate to, you know, loss of, of, of income or loss of productivity in the workplace um, and you know, the, the idea of, of this professor going through your course and being able to identify and apply what he learned is great. And I, I think, um, that anyone that's in a service industry, you know, or that, 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 and, and when I say service industry, I mean, as far as you know, educators, doctors, um, nurses, uh, police officers, uh, fire personnel, uh. I'd say I'd say it even be great for folks who uh, in, in any realm to be able to have the type of awareness to help individuals. Right. Because when we mm-hmm. talk about communities and helping each other, it you know, there's the old adage. It takes a village. And so I think for everyone who's working with other folks should have some type of awareness of mental health and, and how to, to know the signs. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you 100 percent. If- if everyone every single person whether it's you know like you said a teacher a doctor or even just a store clerk or cashier if everyone had this this knowledge of when someone is suffering and and how to refer them we would we would move forward as a society because that would mean that no one would be afraid to speak up because everyone is aware of what this issue is and so it, it slows us down you know the 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 stigma really slows down those processes. It allows for it allows for people to further develop these mental health challenges rather than getting that help sooner and reaching
0: recovery sooner. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think just like with any illness, right. Early detection is key. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, it, it really is because, you know, I, I just imagine the amount of individuals that uh, go through life and situations where they could have been helped. But yet they suffer sometimes for years, and then the the compounding effect of that suffering, you know, the the loss of quality a quality life and lifestyle. Um, so it, I I see it a lot, you know, even in the early years in school. <clears throat> and although we've come a long way, what I've experienced in the past and what I've seen is young folks in schools who are suffering some type of uh, uh, episode of of mental. Uh, an adverse mental illness uh, situation, a lot of times they're misdiagnosed as as a behavioral issue. Right. The behavior may be a a side effect or or an effect of it, but, you know, they're diagnosed that way. So either they are are put in the uh, some type of of uh, uh, penal track or um, sometimes they end up in. Special education, right? Uh, when right. They, when there's a long term situation, and and so that misdiagnosis, when we think about, you know, how many students were placed or or misplaced or misdiagnosed that ended up again either in just again behavior, uh, disciplinary, uh, special education. When you know, and I always say when when, when students are placed in those realms, you know, if I've, if we have students who are always in the discipline office. Mm-hmm. because of a behavior right how much time are they right. missing in class right how how, yeah. how how does that affect their 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 ability to um be successful in class and then how does that influence the graduation rate how does that influence the drop you know the, the dropout rate and and you know there's plenty of studies that show you know without the proper education a lot of those students end up in you know incarceration um mm-hmm. and, and so it's it's really important that we start early, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because like you said a lot of people are getting left behind when all they need is someone to talk to.
0: Yeah. Someone, someone to talk to, someone that can understand. And, and that's all it takes sometimes. Um, but like you said, the stigma that's that's placed around it. Um, and we, we can go as far as the stigma that influences. How about that? How, how it influences yeah. our... the. The policies, the, the programs, I often talk about policies, programs and practices in conjunction because they, they really influence uh, one another. And so if you have folks that are creating the policies, whether it's at the you know school board level or on a, on a campus or, you know, city, county, state, legislative, federally. Right. If they're making policies to deal with individuals whom they deem as either undesirable or whatever it may be and not understanding the need for mental health awareness and intervention, then they're creating policies that, that further exacerbate, you know, issues of mental health, adverse issues of mental health. And then there's the the programs that aren't addressing the real issue. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's scary to me because I'm thinking what a loss to society, right? Mm-hmm. Such, such a loss of potential. And uh, I I think that's why I wanted to um, I was happy to have you on the show because I want to talk about what you guys are doing in the mental health department of making hope happen. What are you guys doing to change that trajectory? Right. And so I know Mm -hmm. that you have some programs even for the youth and adults. So let's, let's, let's talk about some of those programs that you have there, right? I I understand that folks can take classes to help them to identify. And so let's talk about this, this, the, the QPR class, the question, persuade, refer uh, class, the QPR gatekeeper. Can you tell, tell the Mm -hmm. audience about this class?
1: Yeah. So our QPR class, like you said, stands for question, persuade, and refer. So this is Uh, about an hour class. We do it in person and virtual. Uh, Virtual would be uh, via Zoom. Uh, So this class is sort of an introductory class. So we talk strictly about suicide. So we start off by talking about statistics around suicide in the U.S. Uh, We talk about the path to suicide. So the thought process of getting to that point uh, to where someone would want to end their life. And then we move on to actually talking to someone and trying to help them. So we go over um, the signs and symptoms, how to identify them, right? Because there are many different things, right? Um, People often think that a suicidal person doesn't say or do anything to show us. But in reality, they do. It's just as a society, we aren't taught these things, you know, we aren't shown how to identify them. Um, And so once we talk about that, we go into the question part of the course. So how to ask the question. Um, So we go over, you know, how to ask the question in a way that won't push a person away, right? How to ask it and how to be direct about wanting a straight answer, because that's that's really important, right? Because a lot of times we can ask someone something and they're going to tell us, what they think we wanna hear, right? So we need to ask it in a way that tells them that they need to tell us the truth, right? And, and in a non-threatening way, because you know, the last thing we need to do is threaten someone. And then after that, we talk about persuading a person to get help, You know, how do we tell them or how do we show them that help is possible? And then the, re- the refer part, so how to refer them to a professional that can give them a diagnosis and that can give them a treatment plan to actually reach that recovery. And so that that takes uh, about an hour and it comes with a two year certification from the QPR Institute. And the QPR Institute is an internationally recognized organization uh, for mental health. So that's that's the QPR course.
0: And and that is that's that's outstanding. And Mm -hmm. and I I, I like the the idea that, you know, these are courses that folks can take Mm -hmm. to be able to be aware not necessarily for, for individuals that are going through those processes or have those needs, but training folks to be aware so that they can help and assist and deter uh, suicidal behavior. Right. That that's, that's important. That's definitely important. And, mm-hmm. and then you have, you have classes for adult mental health as uh, a, a mental health first aid, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so we have uh, so we have the adult mental health first aid, and
1: we also have the youth mental health first aid. So, uh, both classes are for adults, um, but the adult is for adults helping other adults, and the youth is for adults helping other youth. Or adults helping youth. Sorry. Um, so these are for eighteen and older. The QPR class is for sixteen and older. So um, it's for uh, anyone sixteen or older. Now. The QPR can be taken by people younger as long as there's parent consent. Um, but the mental health first aid, uh, we go over uh, signs and symptoms for a mental health challenge. We go over an action plan. So uh, we like to call it algae. So it's a step-by-step uh, plan on how to talk to someone, um, what to look out for, what to say to them, and then how to encourage them to get help. So... It uh, goes through a step by step structure uh, that goes over all steps. And we have scenarios, we have uh, discussions, uh, we have very, very helpful videos that show and model how to help someone with certain uh, uh, mental health challenges. So we have videos on anxiety, we have videos uh, for uh, psychosis or you know, psychotic behavior. Uh, We also have videos on suicide, and the main distinction between the adult and the youth, of course, is uh, those videos because, you know, you're going to approach an adult a lot differently than you would youth, right? Um, Especially when we're talking about teenagers, Uh, it can be very difficult to help teenagers uh, with mental health or with anything, really, because we were all teenagers at one point. We know that typically they don't want to talk to adults and so we make that distinction in these classes, right? How to talk to a specific age group rather than approaching them both in the same way.
0: Wow. That's, and, that's, uh, that's great. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say, and these classes come with uh, three-year certifications. So these are three-year certifications from the national council for mental wellbeing. And they're also, um, they're also internationally recognized. So it's, very, very good courses. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm teaching them, but uh, they're, they really are great courses and they've taught me a lot. And I've learned a lot uh, through teaching people.
0: Yeah. I must say some of the, the best learning experiences I've had was while in, engaging with others and, and, and teaching others, right? It's, it's a, a learning mm-hmm. community. I like I liked the structure of the course also, the idea that there are, you know, you're not just you're not just reading a a book you know you can hand someone a pamphlet and say hey go read about this this is you know i've I've seen that at conferences Mm -hmm. or seminars where hey here's a book go and read it and and report back but in this one there's actual videos for folks to to watch and then the role playing right um some Mm -hmm. of some of the best um years ago when i was um working on my administrative credential um The course was set up in in such a way that there were lots of opportunities to role play, to be able to as much as possible, you know, create those scenarios where you could see these situations in action and giving you an opportunity to to make decisions or or at least make some determinations. And and I think that enlivens the course that engages individuals. And I I think it makes it more meaningful, more tangible for individuals that that uh, take a course in that way.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's, it's uh, I mean, no one wants to sit through a multiple hour class uh, just, you know, just listening, right? We want to be able to be engaged. We want to be able to ask questions and actually have that back and forth. And, and the scenarios, like you said, it's really helpful to see it play out, right? See it and, and try, give it a try, right? See if I'm doing things right.
0: No, oh, yeah, and that's great. And, and then the the youth mental health, right, to address, we talked earlier mm-hmm. a few moments ago about, you know, the need to have interventions at an early age. And so mm-hmm. being able to uh, help folks to identify and to be able to uh, respond or react to situations of adverse mental health uh, as episodes with youth. Um, this course has, uh, I guess, a, a self-paced portion. And then there are some some other sections that are. Um, help folks to be able to deal with youth, correct?
1: Yeah, so we have a self-paced portion where, uh, you know, participants take the self-paced portion to kind of gauge what they know. Uh, the self-paced uh, portion kind of goes over certain certain uh, diagnoses and describes them what they are so that, you know, before we go into the class, you know, they understand what types of things they might be seeing, what types of uh, things they should be looking out for with certain diagnoses. Um, And then after they take the actual live class, uh, there's a uh, a quiz afterward, right? We give them a little bit of homework just to see if they, you know, if they're remembering these things or if they're finding value in the information, because it's very important to us, right? It's, It's important to know that, we're not just teaching the class and, and, you know, people aren't actually valuing it because that's that's the whole purpose to understand if people want this and if they think it will actually help everyone in the long run.
0: No, absolutely. I would definitely want want to assess that to make sure and, and to make sure that they're effective. Right. To to make sure yeah. they, they really have it. Uh, I, you know, I, I definitely would want to take these courses. We're going to take just a, a quick break uh, for a commercial. Um, it's not really a commercial, just to acknowledge our sponsors. And so I'll just go right into it. This episode of Let's Chew the Gum is sponsored by OnWatch TV. OnWatch TV is a streaming television platform on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and Vita TV. OnWatch TV is available in over 160 countries around the world. On watch TV is home for the underdog and and sometimes the big dog so if folks don't like to deal with the Hollywood type or if you've never thought you could afford to be on television on watch TV just might be the place for you easy to access easy to work with it's easy to be on TV with on watch TV so check us out all right thank you for that and and uh while I have this moment uh hersan I just want to give a big thanks again as i always do to our listeners around the world and and i know and i'm glad that that folks um are listening to this around the world because mental health is not something that's isolated it's not an isolated incident these are human issues that happen around the world and so for all the listeners and and i don't know if i mentioned Herzan, but we have listeners in over 70 countries for let's chew the gum um including here in southern california Um, But I just always want to thank them. They're always great about uh, sending emails and and responding to the show topics. So um, we appreciate you all. And for folks, if it's your first time listening, um, if you'd like to be on the show or you have show topics, you can always email us at let's chew the gum at Gmail dot com. Definitely will respond to that. And you can find us everywhere that podcasts are downloaded, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, you name it. So let, let's get back to it. Um, I, I, I I was on the, the website um, and I found something that I mean, all, all of it. Made me feel good about the, the work that you guys are doing. And, and before we go further, I introduced you as the program manager, but let's make it clear. It's the Inland Empire men's mental health program. Right. That you are the program uh, manager for, uh, which is a I imagine a subsidiary of making hope happen. Am I saying that correctly?
1: Yeah, so it's, a, it's part of the Making Hope Path Foundation, and uh, it is the Inland Empire Men's Mental Health Program, but these uh, these classes are open to anyone that lives or works in the San Bernardino County, so a very large region that we, we are
0: serving. Yeah, if folks don't know, uh, San Bernardino County is the largest county in the United States, so it is a, a very large and, and diverse region. And, and that's a great segue, because the, the thing that I saw on the website was the idea that uh, educators um, can can come in. Um, educational staff can take courses, and there's sometimes some funding available to where they can have their sub substitute teacher paid for, so that they can engage in this important work. Is that right?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we we see the value in this course, and we like. Like you said yourself, right, teachers are are seeing the back end of these effects. And so we, you know, we want to be able to to have teachers in our classes without, you know, without them having to use their free time, which we know they have very little of. So we, we do have some funding available to do that.
0: Yeah, I don't know what free time is. I heard someone earlier today say something about and they said spare time or free time. I'm like, what? What is this thing you talk about? <laughs> I, I have no idea. No, but but that's that's great because you know I I know for a fact that um, even over the years talking with some colleagues who may want to do some professional development like this, oftentimes they aren't able to afford it, um, or they. Um, it's not being offered by the school, and, and maybe they'd have to pay for their sub. But you know, the fact that there is funding available, um, and probably um, I, I don't know a limited basis, but just this this removes certain barriers that may otherwise be in the way for folks to get this training. And the fact that it's it can be live or on Zoom again, making it accessible. That's that's very. Um, I'm using the word attractive as as if this is you know, uh, a prize, but it is a prize because it's, it's so important. Um, so it, it's exciting to me that something like this is available um, right here in San Bernardino County for so many folks to take advantage of. Um, because, you know, uh, when I'm thinking of, again, I may be a little bit partial because I'm an education, educator, um, but again, I, I see it every day and I have seen it. Like I said earlier, so many folks become lost to in the system and as you said all they needed was someone to talk to or as the young lady on your on your website in the video said all they needed was that handshake right someone that that's aware and and i I think that's almost you know i would see it as something that should be required right this should be required as a part of i think every uh Credentialing program for educators or anyone that's going to work with students. This should be something that's required. That that's how important it is, it is to me.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's a and then not just educators. I think in in a lot of sectors, right? Um, first responders, um, you know, doctors, front staff for for medical offices, right? A lot. I think it should be a standard for a lot of places because. You know, anywhere where anyone is front-facing to the public, especially a place where we are serving the public in a way uh, that we're serving them because we actually care about them. But Yeah, it should definitely should be applied like that. I think, also my opinion.
0: <laughs> no, for for sure. And and I, and I know, you know, I I uh, at the college level, I'm working with folks who are obtaining a teacher teacher's credential, a teaching credential, and so I, I know in my class, and I know many other professors. Uh, With the same mindset that we ensure that we include these types of components within our class to make, you know, prospective teachers aware of the needs of our students. Um, I'm often telling those folks and and anyone, any veteran, new teacher, pre-teacher that, you know, you don't get to teach the students that you want to. You have to teach the students that come through the door. Um, a lot of folks mm-hmm. go into teaching with an idea that, you know, I'm going to and, and, and myself included, I thought I would go back to schools where I went to school to to work with the kids that were like me when I grew up. And that wasn't the case. Right. I went to a completely different type of school, different demographic, but was aware that regardless, you know, I'm here to teach the students that come through the door. And so a lot of students that come through the door are have experienced some type of social uh, emotional trauma, um, especially um, in light of the fact that we are um, not so distant from a pandemic that shut down the entire world and and a lot of folks are still dealing with the ramifications for that and and it's not as if we didn't have you know the need for mental health training and awareness prior to that, but that just exacerbated it. So you know for all you folks that are listening, um, as Herzan said and, and I think I reiterated it also, not just for educators, but anyone that's dealing with anyone else in the public. You know, even if you you work in a supermarket, it doesn't matter. Barber, how about the barbers? Can we you know speak on that? You know, and and from you know my experience, you know, when you went to the barber shop, that was often you know the time where you had a psychologist sort of type of conversation because barbers serve that purpose. They're often listening. Uh, to individuals who come in and, and about life stories and life's problems. And so, um, I know there were, I saw a few years back, a couple of areas where, uh, barber barbershops were being set up to be places for not only mental health awareness, but for intervention and resources. Right. So that, that would be important also. Maybe we can get you guys. I don't know. Are you in any barbershops right now with these programs?
1: Uh, we haven't been in it. We've tried to do some outreach, um, uh uh, hasn't been successful, but we have tried uh, to get to barbershops shops. Same, same reason, right? It's, that is, uh, it's kind of like group therapy when you go, right? And um, also an, another point is uh, personal trainers, right? At gyms and, and things like that, right? Because it, it it does end up kind of being like therapy, where you're just talking to the same person because you're stuck with them for an hour. So you think, why not, right? Why not unload?
0: <laughs> wow, no, that's that's great. I, I think. You know, you, you have a new ally with me and, and I'm going to do all I can to not only continue to spread awareness about mental health, but about this program in particular, because I, I think it's great. You guys are have made it very accessible to individuals. Um, the, the personal trainer my, it made me think of my son. He's a personal trainer and he's certified, you know, with with national and international certifications. And he's with folks all the time. So I'm, I want to you know, see about bringing him on board also, because it's something that we all can benefit from. And, you know, in, in, in our field of work, you know, if we can just help one person, we can't, you know, obviously save the world, but just helping one person at a time. You know, as many people as we can, I think we're, we're doing a great service to society. Um, definitely. Um, I look at, you know, mental health, adverse mental health conditions as, you know, even an, an issue of, I'd say, national security. For me, I I say that because um, if we have when you see the statistics, it's alarming. And if we have a a nation of individuals, right, who are suffering again and to go back to the legislative uh, process, the judicial process, if those folks aren't aware and understanding, we could do so much more. You know, talk about real rehabilitation for folks that are already within systems, but to be, you know, Uh, uh, proactive in this process to curtail some of the issues that are happening right now, I think it would be phenomenal. I think it would be an improvement to our economy, uh, definitely an an improvement to society as a whole, our neighborhoods, our families. So um, I I definitely like to, to see this higher up on the priority list, right? We're coming up on an election and of all the issues I've heard folks talk about, I don't know if I've heard folks talk about this one
1: no no I, I don't think so either and i think you're you're absolutely right it's it's something that should be i think uh on the ballot or you know not even getting political it should be something that's on everyone's minds like you said if if even if someone in power is going through a mental health struggle there's you know there's no knowing what what could happen in those instances so uh, it should be something that's that important and on people's minds
0: absolutely not political at all and we definitely know mm-hmm. that that a lot of folks are going through it. And, you know, I, I want to encourage folks out there. We didn't we didn't go as in depth on the idea of we, we talked about, you know, the stigma that's behind men. Um, and, and I'll read from your words being reluctant to ask for help when they need it. You know, we, we've touched upon it, but that's. It's, you know, something that if I could change, you know, and, and I, I honestly work at it every day in class because I openly tell all of my students, you know, I, I cry. I cry at movies. I cry when I'm sad. And, and I emphasize that purposefully for them to be able to see me in front of them who they may see as you know, a big, strong man who has it all together. But I let them know it's OK. You know, I let them know all the time. It's OK to have a problem. We, we all do. And I'm very vocal about that. Very transparent about that, very vulnerable in, in that regard, purposefully, for them to already have the idea in their mind that it's okay to have a problem. And I add to it, I say it's not okay to not do something about it you know and so I try to offer you know resources and, and, and as, as far as, as much as possible and, and again, just different scenarios so that folks will again come to normalize or feel normal that you know when you're going through something, it's okay. Right. I think that's the message that I'm trying to put to, to portray. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you
1: completely. And my hat off to you for doing that with you, with your students, right. Just letting them know, uh, cause we, we, you know, whether or not we grew up with a, with a strong male, uh, role model, uh, it's important to be able to see other men, you know, that we see as examples, you know, just opening up about things like that because we don't see it enough and we need to continue seeing. it. so I, I, applaud you for that.
0: It's very, very important. No, my friend, I, I applaud you and I applaud all the folks excuse me. I applaud all the folks that are that are within your realm that are making this possible at the Inland Empire Inland Empire Men's Mental Health Program. All the folks at the Making It Happen, uh, Making Hope Happen Foundation, I applaud all of you for this great work. It, it truly does uh, take a village, and uh, again, you've you've acquired it more than an ally. Um, I, I cannot wait to become more involved with this and and to continue to spread the message. Um, and I just want to thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. No. And and thank you for having me. I really really do appreciate this opportunity. Uh, and I want people to know that if they do, they are interested. They want to learn more. They want to be a part of this, this, uh, this solution or this change that we're trying to bring. They can uh, visit iemensmentalhealth.org. You can find our calendar. You can find my email, my phone number on there. And uh, you know, you can register for a class. If you don't find one that you can attend, you can you know shoot me an email. I'll I'll respond. We'll set something up. Uh, we're very flexible with our hours. We can travel to you, whatever you want. Right. We can be there. So um, thank you again for having me. I really do appreciate this. And I, I do hope to see you in one of our classes. I'm looking for actually you will be in one of our classes. I will see you at one.
0: Absolutely. You will. Absolutely. You sure will. You sure will. Thank you a lot. Again, guys, um, my guest today has been Herzan Sesenia, the program manager at Inland Empire Inland Empire Men's Mental Health Program I'm sorry, mental. let me say that again Inland, that's a tongue twister for me right now, I don't usually get (laughs) tongue twisted, I think I'm so excited about what we're doing but again, at the Inland Empire Men's Mental Health Program uh, this has been Dr. K with Herzan Sesanya you've been listening to Let's Chew the Gum the podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z while we chew the gum and remember we always have something for your my, 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 my. something for your mind